Okay. <laughs> well, today we're ending our Soul Detox series, and it's really been a rich one as I talk to people who have been involved in small groups, had some great conversations, and really gets to the heart of things. As Rich mentioned, we have a new series coming up from two weeks from now, and here it is. It's a case for faith, a case for faith. These are all the, the common questions that unbelievers ask. How do you know there's a God? Why does God allow suffering? How do you know Jesus is the only way? How can you trust the Bible? Now, this is great because you can invite out a neighbor who doesn't know Jesus and they can get their questions answered. Say, hey, listen, my pastor's going to be giving the answers to common questions and just show it to them. And at the same time, it's training for us as disciples. We need to know the answers to these questions if people are asking them. So it's going to be a great time. Well, growing up, my favorite movie was The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I couldn't get enough of The Wizard of Oz. My parents bought me a movie poster and they bought me a record album back there. That's a record album. Anybody else get that record album? All right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. 69 it came out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I had to wait for it in the mail. It took forever to come. But I finally got it. Listen to that soundtrack over and over and over again. The problematic thing, though, as I was growing up, is they would only show The Wizard of Oz. Anybody hearing me? They would only show it once a year, 6 a.m. on a Sunday night. Just once a year. <laughs> but you look forward to it, that's for sure. Uh, my parents were very committed to uh, discipling me. And then the church discipled me, so we were there every Sunday morning and we even had Sunday night services, if you can believe that. Yeah. And so they would let me stay home from the Sunday night service so I could watch The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> now, it's interesting, as you look back at the 1939 movie, uh, it's so different from what we have today. Wizard of Oz, family friendly, no sex, no violence, well... The house did drop on a witch, so but that was good. And no profanity. Can you imagine Dorothy watching the witch melt and giving an F bomb right there? What? What? I wouldn't fit. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't fit. In fact, uh, the words hell and damn were approved uh, for Gone with the Wind. And so far it goes bad. Then we fast forward to where we're at today. In 2013, the second highest grossing movie was The Wolf of Wall Street. It had 569 F-words 
was like two a minute. In fact, if you combine them all together, you'd have three minutes of profanity. Yeah. That's disturbing, isn't it, when you think about it? Well, sometimes we just kind of take this in. They don't, don't, don't check our souls and we don't have our filter up and uh, we get used to it. Well, friends, today is going to be a challenging message. And first of all, I want to say, if there are any unbelievers here, people who don't know Jesus Christ, this does not apply to you. Because when you hear me teaching, you're saying, you are crazy, man. Well, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to sound really crazy. All right? So just relax. Now we're going to talk about some tough issues about being more holy and, and pursuing God. Now, I love as your pastor to inspire you and to challenge you and teach you and help you in whatever I can. But there's sometimes I've got to deal with an issue where I know a lot of people are going to be kind of uncomfortable. And we're primarily talking about prior, uh, entertainment you know, what we should watch, what we shouldn't watch. How do we determine that? So let's pray together. Dear Holy Father, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that as we listen to your word this morning, that we wouldn't turn off, we wouldn't say that's ridiculous, but <laughs> we'd listen, especially those of us who know you. Because you call us to a high standard of purity. And that's what we desire to do. In Christ's name, amen. Well, let's look at our definition of toxic. Toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. Now, we use this to talk about toxic thoughts, toxic relationships, different things, and now we've come to toxic influences. The whole idea is you know, we're caring for our soul. We're protecting our soul that has been changed by Jesus Christ, by the toxins that you find in the everyday world. And we have to build a stronger filter. We really need to understand from God's Word how important it is to continue to be more holy. We're never going to reach it, obviously. But just being open to God. Just ask the Holy Spirit to be here in a special way this morning as we talk about uh, this particular area. You know, uh, Satan, he's like a child molester. What does a child molester do? No, they groom a child. They make friends, spend time with them, put their arm around them, later hug them, and they start to groom them and take down the normal barriers a child would have. And then they attack them and they devastate them. And some of you know what I'm talking about, right? That's Satan's desire. Whenever you're watching the news and evil, there's Satan again, there's Satan again, there's Satan again. That's all his work. And uh, wouldn't be, of course, go along with it. 
Satan grooms us. What he does is he uh, takes something that we would never think of doing and he brings us to a point where we say, well, it's, it's worth the risk. But sometimes Satan will work on us for like 10 years to get us to that point. He, he, hey, the guy's been around for thousands of years, right? What's 10 years to him? What's 30 years to him in destroying your soul? And bringing incredible pain in your life and the life of other people. So, as we look at media, we need to put up God's filter. As we decide what we're going to watch and what we're not going to watch. You know the classic story that's told in Craig's book about the brownies. <laughs> yeah, what happens is this kid comes in and says, Mom, can I go see this movie? And she said, well, I don't think that's really a good movie for you. Oh, there's just a little bit of this or of that. Come on, Mom, give me a break. And the mom says, okay, well, I tell you what. If you will eat my brownies, I'll let you go to the movie. So she makes the brownies Stirring the batch. And then she goes outside and just gets a little dog poop. Not much. little dog poop. And drops it in there. Breaks it up and spreads it out. And then she makes the brownies. And here you are, son. Here are your brownies. The kid's thinking, this is wonderful. She's having to go to those movies and make me brownies. And then she says, one thing you should know is I just put this little piece of dog poop in there. Not much. Not much at all. I mean, it was really, really small. (laughs) We all get that point very quickly, don't we? The poop or the toxins, we just take a little bit at a time. It will wear us down and even make us more susceptible to Satan's work. Let's look at Proverbs 25, 26. Like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives away before the wicked. So a righteous man breaks down when he goes to the muddy springs and the polluted fountains. Imagine if you're out in Colorado and you went to one of their fresh springs and and the spring was full of mud. Somebody dropped a bunch of dirt in there. And you'd be saying, what? I came all the way for this? Let's say you go down to Buckingham Fountain during the summer. And the light's going. and But it's all polluted water. <laughs> I see a rainbow in there, but <laughs> you know, it's all polluted water. And you're thinking, what is this Chicago thinking? This is our precious, precious uh, memory. A precious fountain, and they polluted it. You see, that's what God feels about us. He wants us to be a fresh spring. He wants us to be a uh, beautiful fountain. But to do that, we have to daily think about what kind of toxins are coming our way so we can protect ourselves. God wants the best for us, and we need to trust Him. There are three things you need to know. 
about toxic influences. The first thing is a little bit of poison goes a long way. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7. Now, back in that day, uh, leaven uh, was something that represented sin. When you see that throughout the Bible, leaven used in different contexts, it's talking about sin. So, your boasting is not good. He's confronting them about their listening to these false teachers. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Lump. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So he's saying, be careful about just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Because if you put leaven in bread batter, you know, it's going to grow up to be bright bread. <laughs> uh, but they were eating unleavened bread. They had matzo bread or anything like that. My mom used to be addicted to it. I can't understand it. Uh, but she always said, give me some lots of bread. Okay, Mom. Maybe I'm a Jew. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. So the idea is, is you know, we so easily can settle. We so easily can say, yeah, I know that's not the best show. I, I know that's not the best video game. But, you know, whatever. No, no. no. That's where we grow in holiness. That's where we mature. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll watch carefully over what our kids will see on TV, right? You know, only certain shows, certain times, things that like that. And, and you'll go off to a movie and... and you tell them they can't come. Why can't I come? Because it's an adult movie. So think about this. You're trying to protect your children from bad influences, and you're going to buy a ticket to a movie that might be full of toxins. You need to protect yourself first, right? You've got to protect your soul because that's the most important thing you have. In influencing your children. Uh, the Bachelorette. I watch The Bachelor a couple of times, but <laughs> it's a crazy show. <laughs> you get this beautiful woman and you know twelve hunks that come, and uh, she has to choose her husband, her soulmate, in a half hour or whatever. So, you know, she starts throwing people, I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you. And it gives us the impression, and that's really what I'm talking about here. Like when I talk about profanity, that's a concern. But even more of same importance is what are the messages that the media is delivering to you about what's right and what's wrong. And you sit there and you're entertained and it just doesn't end your mind. Oh, gee, that person just ruined their life. A fictional character. Well, yeah, another fair, whatever. No, no, we have to be careful. So, after she gets down to three guys, then she gets the great privilege of sleeping with each of them. Different nights. 
And that certainly is the best indicator of a great marriage. Right? Friends, that is the most perverted version of courtship that I've seen. And you see moms who sit their 12-year-old daughter down to watch that. What does that tell her about love and commitment and relationships? That's a no-go show. As you look at the Word of God, and that being a standard. The second thing about toxic influence is just because everybody doing it, everybody's doing it, it's okay. Sound like your mom? <laughs> everybody's doing it, mom. Well, <laughs> that doesn't mean you do it. We look at Romans twelve two. Now this is a this is a, a devotional translation. The message is great for devotionals, so I encourage you to check it out online. It really kind of helps you to think more about the verse. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Hmm. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even It's happened to all of us, right? Culture says it's okay, whatever. We don't think we might know it's wrong, but we just you know whatever. That's what he's talking about here. Instead, fix your attention on God. He's a standard. Fix your attention on Him. Readily recognize when He wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down. To its level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. That, of course, is now renew your minds, right? Test everything. That's a good one to meditate upon. As you think about the different things you take in uh, to your soul. Typically, the argument that people have, well, everybody's doing it, you know, the majority of the people are doing it. It must be right. No! <laughs> Nada! We think about the Israelites. They were going to the wilderness, and they, were, they reached the promised land, and they were to enter into it. And so they sent 12 spies out to do reconnaissance, and so they came back, and all 12 spies said, Unbelievable! Unbelievable. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and the grapes are so big that you have to you know, put them on a pole like that's the size of a watermelon. I mean, that is a beautiful land God has given us. But then ten of them go on to say this. The land through which we gave God to buy it is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Big people. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And they were like giants. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Hmm. 
So they say, it's a great place. It's a wonderful place to live. But if we go there, we're going to be devoured by giants. They're going to step on us like you step on a grasshopper. So how do the people of Israel respond? Did they respond with faith and say, hey, God said he'd do it for this? Or did they respond with fear? They responded with fear, right? No way are we going in there. The majority has spoken, and the minority was, was Joshua and Caleb. And they said, hey, look, God has done for us already. I think he can handle this one. But they sinned and did not follow the Lord's command. And for that sin, they spent 40 more years in the desert so that everybody who made that decision died off. They would never see the promised land because they did not have enough faith. You see, this is something you need to remember. All right? If you're a Christ follower, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, and again, He paid the debt for you as we sang earlier, and you're a believer in Him, uh, yeah, you're different. You are really different, or you should be different. Right? And this is very, very careful. You are a minority. You, a minority, no longer the moral majority, (laughs) definitely we are the ordinary because we believe in a supernatural God who created us and wants to live for Him, realize there's a whole different way of doing life than the culture tells us. You are a minority. I don't like being a minority. Look what Jesus did for you, okay? Some people make fun of you or make life hard for you. In fact, the Bible says that that is the best type of experience. God is so pleased with people who suffer for Christ. I mean, look what's happening over with ISIS and all the killings. That's really the greatest thing that could happen to you. I know it sounds so counterintuitive, but that's what the Bible teaches. We need to understand that. Well, everybody's doing it, but I am totally different. I am a Christ follower. I've been chosen by God, and I need to live a different life through the power of the Holy Spirit. The third thing is just because I could doesn't mean I should. So, We have tremendous freedom in Christ. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6.12, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. You see, when, when Jesus Christ transforms your life, all your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. So, theoretically... You could eat junk food all your life and balloon up and don't exercise and still go to heaven, right? Because it's not based on your works. Or you could uh, go into debt, spending money you don't have to impress people you don't know, right? You could do that and still go to heaven. There's a lot of things you could do. But if you really are a Christ follower... The Holy Spirit is going to be all over you, (laughs) making life very difficult 
if you choose the wrong patterns of living. You know, I think about what's happened in our society. We've been desensitized over like three generations. And it's changed our views on everything. Like casual sex. Right? I mean, a lot of people just say, well, that's sex, that's eating, that's drinking, whatever. You know, It's just a normal thing we do, and we can use it in any context. As we talked about last week, God says, and sexual sin is the one sin you can commit that uh, goes deep eternally, internally with you. There's something about that, myst- uh, that uh, mystery of that bond that happens when two people love each other. And um, yeah, you know, it's serious. And, and now our culture is saying, no, no need to get married, that kind of stuff. But we're in the, say it, minority. Say it with me. Minority. All right? So when you tell unbelievers some of this stuff, what's the deal with you? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit within them in order to show them what's right and wrong. So you really can't blame the unbeliever. He's just doing what he wants to do. And But uh, when Christ changes you, then he starts working on you. We are a temple of God. We're a temple of God. And we should, again, strive for holiness. Now, There's obvious things that you don't want to watch or listen to, that type of thing. But there are gray areas where you're not sure, should I be watching this or not? Maybe a book you're reading. And you think about the book and its values and what it's communicating. And you just ask yourself, should I be reading this book? I'm just kind of throwing out ideas about the standard of holiness, but you have to make the decision what you're going to allow in your mind. What music do I listen to? If I really listen to the lyrics, what are they communicating to me? What values are coming from those lyrics? I was talking with a woman after the service, and she was talking about uh, a friend of hers. And, you know, there's, there's no type of boundaries at all in terms of what the kids watch, and especially video games today. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, but you shouldn't, right? I mean, a lot of sexual things. I mean, it's so perverted. And this is in a video game? What's going on with that? In First Timothy 4, 1 through 2, Now, the Spirit expressly says, In later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons, for the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. What is a seared conscience? Well, God built into all of us a moral conscience. That's why people who don't know the Lord... Struggle a lot in life. But the thing is, if you do something over and over and over and over and over again, you just say, oh, it's no big deal. What's happened is your conscience 
has been seared. And when you brand an animal, after you brand an animal, the hide, the part where the um, vulva is or whatever, you know, that is dead. That tissue is dead. You could put a pin in it or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's dead. Now, all of us have areas where our consciences have, have been seared. And still seared today, maybe. And you might listen to some of the things from the Word of God and what I say and say, you're crazy. Well, that's because you have a seared conscience. Seared means to be uh, cauterized, you know, cut off. It's not working anymore, okay? But we need to make sure that if we do have a seared conscience, we can, again, have God heal it. A lot of people say, I- I'm not bothered by sexual scenes on TV, and maybe as a wife, maybe the husband says, well, I'm bothered. If you're not bothered by something that most Christians are bothered by, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, open up my heart. Open up my soul. Help me. Help me. And I know this is such a sensitive area because I love entertainment. <laughs> Again, I've made some bad judgment calls over the years. And uh, you see, if you really want to live like Jesus, it means you've got to stop watching certain shows, listen to certain music, read certain books, play certain video games, where we all are very good rationalizers, right? Oh, well, I don't know what. Everybody does it that type of thing, but it's a very serious thing. Like maybe profanity doesn't bother you. And you say, hey, Dan, listen, every day at work I hear it. I hear it in the neighborhood. I mean, what's the deal about going to a movie? And they're just like, you have to go to work. You have to relate to your neighbors, but you do not have to put hard cash down for toxins. That's what you're doing. If it's a toxic movie, you are investing in uh, your souls. It can be very unhealthy. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 2 is a great passage. But test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So the key words are test everything. Say it with me. Test everything. One more time. Test everything. As we go through our daily lives, we should be constantly aware of what type of things we're taking in and if they're toxins or not. And if they are toxins, we need to change our behavior. Now, some of the questions you need to ask yourself is, am I being entertained by sin? Am I being entertained uh, by sin? This is a really hard one. Because most of our cultural entertainment is toxic. 
And uh, I love comedies. I laugh a lot. Um, Yeah, you know, as Lori and I, you know, have grown older, there's really nothing to watch. We're still watching the King of Queens. (laughs) You know? I mean, there's nothing to watch. And I love, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan, who really are very clean comedians when you listen to them. But everything else is trash. It's just toxins that are being delivered to your soul to cause you pain. Now, again, this isn't legalistic, like you can't go into R-rated movies. Many of you went to see The Passion of Christ, right? So you have to make a decision. What I do is I go on uh, the Internet and I put in the movie Parents Review. Don't tell me every swear word and all stuff like that. And my decision is made pretty quickly, <laughs> right? Because I don't want to—I don't want to have those toxins affect my precious soul that God has given me. So it's a lot of hard decisions, you know. Am I going to be entertained by this and have fun, or? It's going to really hurt me. How many of you would laugh over a a scene in a TV show that made fun of statutory rape? I don't think any of you would, right? But on February 8th, and on The Family Guy, there actually was a portrayal, a guy named Quagmire or something, who was having sex with a high schooler. Now, friends, that is incredibly toxic. It's a weird thing about cartoons, right? I grew up with the Flintstones and uh, Saturday morning cartoons. But what they can do in cartoons, they really can't do in every other show. Because they can deliver so many messages at one time, you know, like Family Guy. <laughs> I sat down to watch it a couple times, and I see how long I last. Boom, it's off. I'm not taking those toxin ins. That, that, and that comes from, you know, me walking with the Lord, you know, for 50-so years. Okay. It's clear to me, and maybe not clear to you, but that's maturity. You just continue to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to identify those toxins. But with America, Dad, and Family Guy, I am just shocked. What they're talking about, a guilt, they get away with it because it's a cartoon. Isn't that interesting to think about? I mean, it's funny. Come on, it's funny. No, it's evil. It's wrong. Displeasing to God. Don't let it in. Don't even... Well, yeah, I can be exposed to those things, but I'm not going to... Change it all. You know, some of us feel like we're rock-solid Christians, and uh, you know, we can walk through dangerous territory, and some of us can to some degree. You know, relate into unchristian, uh, non-Christians. But friends, you don't even understand or begin to understand how much media impacts the way you view life. Same with me. I don't fully understand it. 
That's why we have to be so careful. Because it poisons our soul. You know, Fox has kept pushing <laughs> the limits. You know, they're coming out with a show next year, uh, Lucifer. Lucifer gets bored in hell, and he comes up you know, to hang with us on earth. And he's a good guy. I wonder who inspired somebody. Satan inspired somebody to make that show. Number three, does it lure me away from Christ? Hey, what I'm consuming is not really that bad. If you watch the video with Craig Groeschel, what he talks about is the white balance that you have to set in camera or camcorder. And you've got to first focus on white because the camera cannot interpret the colors unless it has a white background. And then it can read all the other colors around it. So my question for all of us is, what is our white balance? What is our understanding of what's right and wrong? And you know, some Christians who are immature will compare their unbelieving neighbors and say, well, I'm doing a lot better than them. That's not... That's not the standard. Or a lot of Christians will say, well, I know this guy's doing that, she's doing that, you know, and they'll use other Christians as a standard. That is not the standard. The standard is the Word of God. And that's why we come here week after week after week and study it during the week because there's so much toxic stuff coming into us that we need to be permeated with this truth. That is the white balance. Again, we're not going to be perfect, you know. We're always going to struggle with sin. You know, we're all broken people. But God is saying, He's not saying, I want you to be perfect. He just wants you to be going in the right direction, right? Going in the right direction. So as you sit here and listen to this message, God's convicted you about something. Now take it to heart. Think about it. And do something about it. Change your behavior. And it's hard. Because a lot of, you know, entertainment is, uh, relaxes us, you know, and we enjoy it so much. And the friends, Jesus sacrificed for us. Can we sacrifice not watching a show, not going on a video game, not seeing a movie that is toxic for the precious soul that Jesus Christ died for? Well, I know some of you wish you hadn't come this morning. Why did I choose this morning? What's the deal? What's the deal with Harrison, man? He's talking about an impossible life. Well, truly I am, but still we need to continue to move forward, right? Toward it. Let's pray together. Dear Father, I pray no one walks out under this heavy feeling of condemnation and legalism.
But God, they would sense a true freedom, a desire to have our minds reset, the white balance of Your Word, interpret everything we can consume on Your standards, not the standards of the world. Ask God to do a healing work in your life. Hey, listen, as I prepared this message, I was convicted. My uh, white balance was a little bit dirty. We all struggle with this. So those of you who say, yes, the Holy Spirit really is working in me. I really do want to take this seriously. I want to test everything. I want to hold on to what's right, and I want to avoid everything that's not. And I need God's help to do it. Because it really would take some significant change. I really do want to be different, and I want to live in a way that is pleasing to God. If that's your desire this morning, you just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey. We all have those filters that are broken, those consciences that have been seared. Lord, thank you so much for those of you really do take it seriously. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just remind us whenever we are being groomed to be distracted from you, that we would have a holy hatred for anything that is not pleasing to God. Not out of guilt or fear or legalism, but out of a sense of a desire to please you and cling to you. God, remind us to test everything, to hold on to the good. And help us to avoid evil. In the powerful name of Jesus.